0: Hi, you're listening to The Comedian's Tea Party with its Deaves. Fair warning, this podcast may contain adult content. It may not. I don't know. I never really have a plan. So let's listen on and find out. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Comedians Tea Party with Sire and in this episode I am very excited to bring to you the wonderful Lloyd Langford. He is currently stuck, I say stuck, he's not really stuck, he's currently living in Australia, he got stuck out there because of coronavirus, Uh, he went out there for the festivals last year and ended up staying out there with his girlfriend who is australian sort of due to travel one way or another just easier for him to stay there and to be honest it sounds like it's quite nice so fair play but he is nine hours ahead we, we had to do some sort of a logistical planning to get the timing right and so as such we do make reference to uh, we tried to record a couple of days prior to when we recorded this but he, like minutes before he was due to start recording, he had to rush his girlfriend to hospital. And uh, we do make reference to that a couple of times. She's fine. She's absolutely fine. It's all good. But that is, yeah, that, that's what we're making reference to when we're talking about that. We talk about loads. We talk about hackers who potentially do Lloyd's admin, which would be quite handy, actually. If anyone wants to hack me and do all of my admin, that'd be great. Apply to gigs for me. That's already saved me a lot of time. And there's uh, someone that edits his Wikipedia page, which is brilliant. It's it's very funny. Some of the stuff that happens is, is great. Uh, and to be honest, if anyone wants to go onto his Wikipedia page and edit it to say something about this podcast, I wouldn't be against it. But probably also notify me that you've done it so that I can see it. Otherwise, I'll never know. We, we talk about Edvard Munch's Scream. Or The Scream? The Scream? Scream? One of those. Talk about that painting for a little bit. And I mentioned that there's other paintings in the series. There's not. Well, I don't think it is. I don't know. But there's other ones with similarly thematic skies. So, uh, you know, like similar similar sort of styles of painting. And they look like they're in similar areas. There's one called Anxiety. One called Sick Mood at Sunset. And one called Melancholy. So they're all sort of, you know, well, they're all quite melancholy, really. Sort of a, of a dark theme. So... Maybe they are of a series. Who knows? If someone knows, I'm sure someone knows. I'm sure a lot of people know actually, but we're just two uneducated on art fellows. If anyone knows, get in touch. Let me know if they are supposed to be related or or not. He also pointed out that there are uh, various versions of the scream, scream, the scream, scream, and that is that is correct. We're both we're both right to various extents. We talked about cocktails. And I said that one of my favourite cocktails is a passion fruit martini. Not untrue, but I basically my, my brain just completely blanked and I couldn't remember that Mai Tais or pina coladas exist. So I just say passion fruit martinis. I It's fine. It's, I like them. Don't get me wrong. I, if someone makes me one, I will very much have it. And I, I, I may well choose it off of a cocktail menu. However, I'm probably going to have a pina colada because they're delicious. I will say there are points in it where... Lloyd's, mic, well, it's his internet really it starts sort of going in and out and buzzing a little bit. It's just his internet. But I've sort of edited it where I can. It's not perfect, but I think it's pretty good. So hopefully that's okay by you. I'll throw the social links at the end. And just for the sake of mentioning tea, we also talk about MacIvers, which is a Melbourne based tea company, and Taprobone tea, which sounds delightful. It sounds really delicious. I'd very much like to have some of that. And I will say again, uh, we're not actually drinking it on this episode, but thank you very much to Good and Proper Tea Company who sent me a load of tea to send out to guests and to try with them. I'm very much looking forward to having some of it. I've had some of it already and that was delicious. So yeah, thanks. Thanks to those guys. uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to having more of it. But yeah, it's a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you at the end. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very good.
1: We've just gone back into lockdown here. Have in you, Melbourne? Yes.
0: Oh no! Like how recently? Like today or? Uh,
1: no, it was. I think it was uh, midnight on Thursday.
0: Oh Christ!
1: But I don't. I don't actually mind it because I. I quite like just. Sitting around the house, reading and listening to music.
0: Yeah, it's not bad, is it? I was on furlough during the during our first lockdown here, and uh, it was quite nice just to sit for a little while. Indeed. Yeah. How's your girlfriend, by the way? Oh,
1: she's fine. Oh, yeah. cool. She's fine. Good. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just something we had to go and check. We were advised to go and check out, but it's all.
0: It's yeah, all good. yeah, yeah. Like a second head. <laughs> it happens. <laughs>
1: Yeah, mutation. Yeah.
0: So, did you have like uh, did you have many shows booked?
1: Uh no, I just did the Melbourne International Comedy Festival which amazingly sort of went ahead without any sort of hitches really. Yeah. And so since that I've just sort of I've been taking a bit of time off. Um but in terms of it happening it's like the best possible time really because the big festival has just finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm saying selfishly for me, it's the best possible time because <laughs> I because I haven't had to really cancel any work. Yeah. Probably
0: so. adversely affecting quite a few people, but for you, great. <laughs> yeah, nice little break.
1: Well, comedians don't just think of themselves anyway. Yeah, so. oh, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I saw your, I saw the uh, video from the, from the, from the one that you just did. The uh, is it up up late with what's it called?
1: Oh, um, it would have been the gala, maybe, or it could have yeah. been a comedy up late. I did film one of those, but I, I didn't know if it had been released yet or not.
0: Oh, it is uh, whatever is on your website.
1: Ah, yeah, that would have been from a couple of years ago.
0: No, it's twenty twenty one. Is it? Yeah, I watched it the other night. Uh, just, I mean, just to prove it, because I was, I was going to bring this up. Oh, it's a uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival.
1: Because, I mean, I. I don't update my website anywhere near as frequently as I should do. So, yeah, I don't think it's from this year unless I've been hacked and the hacker has done some of my much-needed admin. Am I wearing a green shirt?
0: No, the one on your website is twenty seventeen. I see what's happened there. Is I I clicked the uh, the next video on the thing because it's connected to your YouTube. Ah, uh, okay. And I watched the yeah the the one from the uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival is up where you're talking about bamboo boxes?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's from the, the gala. They do... There's like... I think there's a couple of different galas here. Yeah. And um, that was the for the for Oxfam. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they put that up. I think they put that up on TV and they put that up online kind of pretty much straight away. Nice. But there's another thing I did, which is called Comedy of Blade, which is... I think it's recorded for Audible. So you just get like an audio version of it and then they right. do film it and they kind of release that as well at some point.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I've watched a couple of the uh, old ones of those, of yours. Just to just to catch up on, just in case you start <laughs> talking about your material all of a sudden, it should be weird, but you know, we're well within your rights to it if you want. But I was going to say, have you, uh, have you ever worn bamboo boxes?
1: I haven't. Because um,
0: a, f- a friend of mine uh, told me about them like sort of sometime last was during last lockdown and uh and he was just banging on about them and he was saying how comfortable they were and i like you it just imagined sort of solid boxes and thought it was ridiculous <laughs> and uh I, I got some and they are very comfortable i uh, oh, i
1: feel i feel like i should actually try them now Yeah, I've it's worth kind it disparaged them on television
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no it's really uh like it's just i'm wearing bamboo socks at the minute actually and they're just, they, they they move differently to cotton. Right. Yeah. And it's like, uh, do, you, do, do you know the living bra from the IT crowd? <laughs> no. Yeah. Richard Haywardi's character creates a bra that uh, is like scientifically keeps moving. So it's always comfortable. But it's like that. Okay. But sort of not, <laughs> it's not going to set on fire. Well, they
1: are. Well, I make the joke about them using bamboo for scaffolding. And I think that is why it is used often as well because it's yeah. got a kind of rigidity but also a flexibility yeah yeah yeah. we've got bamboo toilet paper here and that's i mean really yeah it's 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 comfortable
0: is it yeah interesting <laughs> it's
1: not like a like a branch of
0: wood. <laughs> yeah just a, like a bamboo stick shove it straight in <laughs> pick the bits out no, sorry that's disgusting <laughs> Nice. What else did I... Oh, yeah, right. I don't normally... Uh, well, I can't, I can't normally uh, Wikipedia a lot of my guests on this podcast, but I did uh, I did have a quick look on Wikipedia out of interest. And it says you're both from Bagland, Neath, Port Talbot and Bristol.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know. Someone vandalizes my Wikipedia page um, frequently and some of the things they put on there... Uh, that I was born in Bristol, uh, that, that I used to be a blacksmith. <laughs> Amazing. That I took part in the world's largest ever five-a-side tournament with 400-odd players. Amazing. Um, that I do the voices on... I can't remember if it's Fireman Sam or Pepper Pig or something. <laughs> and I frequently, in the middle of interviews, get asked about these things... And I just have to sort of say, it's all bollocks. Yeah, it's like someone messing about.
0: That's I did so live funny.
1: in Bristol for a while, and so I do have a slight connection to Bristol. But yeah, yeah. I, I i wasn't born in Bristol.
0: That's really funny. What's your what's your favourite lie that has been made up about you?
1: The blacksmith one is pretty funny. Yeah, that's I mean, great. <laughs> it, I think as well because like you do if you do interviews or. Like TV spots or something, they're always looking for like a hook to introduce yeah. you. And you have, I've I've been in, introduced as that before, and then had to sort of say, like, it isn't true. Like, I don't mind you. I don't mind it. It's quite yeah. funny, but I, I have no um, smithing skills whatsoever.
0: Amazing. Should our paths ever cross at a gig, I'm absolutely. I could do everything I can to make sure that I reference you being a blacksmith. <laughs> <first, so. laughs>
1: That's the other thing that happens as well, though. It it happened before where, so someone puts the lie on Wikipedia, it it gets referenced in a newspaper article or something, and then the lie on Wikipedia then references the newspaper article. So I've done interviews before where I've said, oh, this is, it's not true. And the Wikipedia page has then been amended, and then obviously the vandlers then put it back up. With oh. the link to the newspaper article saying, "Look, the Daily Mail said it's so it must be true."
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Do you, do you do you have any idea who it is? That-
1: I have no idea who it is, and I think one time I tried to vandalize another comedian's Wikipedia page, <laughs> and it's quite a laborious and kind of difficult process because I it- I think they're used to people just joining up to to vandalize pages yeah. and stuff so you have to get like verified and all that and it was it became too much of a faff
0: yeah i can't remember who it is i, uh, I had someone on here maybe on here maybe someone i know who uh, they got banned from editing stuff on wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> which is great i
1: there, i i guess there are people that it is there it is their life's work.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: see, yeah. The, the, those people with like hundreds of thousands of edits, and I imagine, you know, a, a bit of Wikipedia vandalism, which I find pretty funny, would uh, it absolutely infuriate them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is funny. I love that blacksmith though. That's great. It's it's so sort of like it's it's not unbelievable. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: That's the that's the um, I think that's the key to a good lie. Yeah. You sort of get. Yeah, yeah. Semi plausible. <laughs> yeah. I was in school with a guy who was one of the most impressive bullshitters. Oh really? I'd, I'd ever met, and all of the stories were, you know, they were completely unbelievable. Yeah. But he had such a um, conviction. Um, And he would, if you asked him other questions, he would always give you more details. And I remember (laughs) him telling me once, he was the first person in the United Kingdom to watch the film The Jungle Book. (laughs) Uh, uh, The the one that came out in the 50s. How did this happen? He said that his grandparents had gone on holiday... To America where it was released first. Right. I'd bought it on VHS and I don't even think they had VHS in I think it's a different system, but um anyway, they brought it back to Wales and they played it in the delivery room whilst <laughs> his mother was giving birth to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: amazing.
1: And like, I mean it's it's one of those incredible like lies where you're just like, there's no way you could win me around to believing this. But also, I am impressed. Yeah, yeah, how yeah. How you yeah. come up with this.
0: I love people like that. Where it, The best thing to do is just, just keep asking them more and more questions. Watch them dig yeah. that hole and then see if they remember it next time. Uh, it's incredible. I used to have a friend, we're not friends anymore, uh, for various reasons, uh, lies that he told, who was a compulsive liar. Uh, yeah. Like to sort of, to the extent that he got police round his house once to catch a burglar that wasn't there, Ooh. like was never there. There was no evidence that he'd ever been there. Nothing was taken. He just got the police round because he knew a policeman, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. But like he used to tell sort of, loads of different lies. And he had a cousin uh, that died like five times, and uh, but like his cousin did everything. If he didn't, if he didn't do it himself, like because my my uh, my mate was. Uh, a professional snowboarder, which he wasn't. He couldn't even snowboard. What else? Like he was like an expert guitarist. Couldn't play guitar. <laughs> it's incredible. But his cousin, because I have worked as a professional drummer in the past, I'm, I'm I'm all right, you know. But he his cousin was a professional drummer, and he he wasn't. And he tried to tell me that... I think he died twice at this point, so he definitely wasn't a professional drummer. He tried to tell me... He's only
1: gay from uh, Spinal Tap.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he started telling me about, like, some drum technique for sort of double pedal playing. And I was like, that's not right. That's absolutely incorrect. And he was like, no, 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 my cousin told me. And I was like, but he didn't, because I can do that and that's not how it works and he's like oh yeah yeah no it it is but he he was so convinced it was correct i once went to a barbecue at his house and he like he he had some chicken that he was going to put on the barbecue and i said to him have you put it in the oven first because obviously you've got to put it in the oven first so it's cooked through and he said yes and i said but have you And he went yeah 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 i was like have you like have you definitely because it'll make someone ill and he's like yeah no i've put it in the oven so he put it in the barbecue cooked it a bit into it and it bled. Oh. Yeah. So that is, uh, that's the level of liar that he is. But so like his lies escalated. He, oh, he also once told me that it was an air traffic controller, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. Cause he worked at the, like people saw him walking into the airport because he lives right next to Southend airport. And he'd always say like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm air traffic controller. People would see him walking in there be like, maybe it's true. He was a cleaner in the airport. <laughs> uh which is pretty amazing. I imagine at some point he did try and land a plane. But like and he said he was a, an ambulance driver and he volunteered for St John's ambulance is what it actually was. Yeah, it's just incredible. But his his biggest lie was that he uh he told me he had a new job where it was his job to operate what he called a heli gun, which is just a mounted minigun, but like a, he called it a heligun, that's that's what it was called. And there were two cars on a truck at a time And he had to protect them from thieves uh, because each car was worth five million pounds, which is absolutely incredible.
1: It's a a sort of um, Mad Max, the road warrior kind of scenario. It's exactly that, yeah,
0: but involving the M5. (laughs) (laughs) A
1: slightly more inhospitable landscape. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. But that's, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite lies. What, What would you say would be your favorite lie that you've ever been told?
1: there was a guy that used to drink in the local pub to my house who claimed he had um the bottom half of the mona lisa so you know the mona lisa is just sort of like i guess from her sort of yeah navel like, upwards yeah he he reckoned that he had the the legs and everything and like the the the, the painting had been sort of um sort of uh, bisected and That's I don't know amazing. how but he he ended up with the with the, um, the lower portions. Yeah. I That's... think he said he had it in his garage and he was waiting for the right time to sell it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's he going to sell it to? Who wants just the legs? <laughs>
1: I, I guess he would go to the Louvre, you know, and, yeah. I don't know, maybe go to the help desk and say,
0: <laughs> excuse me, I've got my legs <laughs> with my legs. I, I can help you. Give me some cash. You should have told him that you had her friends that were sitting next to her.
1: I like the idea that of that though, that there are parts of paintings that that exist but have been removed. So I guess like during the Last Supper, there's like a waiter or something, yeah, or like other diners.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. The waiter just looking sort of bored because everyone's about.
1: Yeah, like what is the guy in in the scream actually screaming at?
0: Yeah, well, that, well, I was going to use that as an example, but there is another painting that joins up to that one. Oh, is there? Yeah, I think so. I might be bullshitting. Um,
1: I think he did. He did a few. There are actually that's a painting where there are multiple versions in existence because I think he did various different goals at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's that. Uh, I th- that's the thing. I, sometimes I say stuff that uh, I don't necessarily. I'm not lying. I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the full truth. I'm just saying something that I've been told once. That's uh, that's sort of the basis. Of I think. Of no, my I think
1: I think you are right in that there are um there are other versions of the painting as well. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you if you painted the scream, then you'd probably think, yeah, I'll I'll do I'll do a few more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll get my money's worth out of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, people seem to like that one. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll do an extension. So, like, what what have you been up to during the lockdowns? So, uh, how long have you been in? Oh, that's the other thing that I found from your Wikipedia, by the way, is that you currently live in London. That
1: is, that was sort of true because I I was living in London and my girlfriend's Australian and lives in Melbourne, and we were sort of back and forth. Right. So 2020 I was supposed to come to Australia for um about 6 months do do a few festivals go over to New Zealand do a festival and then come back to the UK probably June or July and do the fringe and everything. Right, okay. And then obviously coronavirus happened yeah. and I've sort of I've been here since. So yeah, ordinarily I'd sort of spend my time I guess between the two places but it's just been sort of, it's sort of, it's difficult because I can leave Australia and go back to the UK. I think because she's an Australian citizen, she cannot unless she has like a work visa or a reason to travel. And then once I leave Australia, because I'm not a citizen, I'm not sure whether I'll be able to get back in. I see. Right. Because there is still Australian citizens, I think, that can't get, over here, because the flights are obviously very limited, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, the airlines are making them prohibitively expensive. Yeah. So I think the cheapest return flight from London to Australia at the moment is about five thousand pounds.
0: Wow! Bloody hell! And They
1: go up. It's going up to about thirteen thousand.
0: Jesus. Yeah. That's uh, that's insane, Crikey. Yeah. Um. Do you do you know uh Kelsey D'Almeida?
1: I do, yes, yeah. and I um I I gigged with him. I think I I gigged with him a couple of times in the last couple of months. Yeah. once in uh, Adelaide doing the fringe there, and once in in Melbourne. Yeah,
0: because he's in a sim- similar situation. Because he went to Australia last year for the festivals, and like his girlfriend's Australian as well. And then cor- coronavirus happened, so he's just stayed there, and I, I think he just lives there now. It
1: it I think during coronavirus, um, the the government here. Uh, uh, I mean, they have a lot of faults, and um, I think the immigration policy um, is is bad. Yeah. But the the fact that they um, are so uh, were so concerned about coronavirus and the fact that I guess it's an island uh, meant that they shut everything down pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, we've gone back into lockdown now because I think there were about twenty cases in Melbourne.
0: Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, that's pretty I, pretty good, really. Yeah,
1: and ha- I think prior to that, there hadn't been any for for a few months. Yeah. So they take it they take it very seriously because I think in the UK at the moment there's still like thousands of cases a day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just uh, we've come out of lockdown, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, not entirely, but you know, pretty much. We're getting there. Apologies if you can hear me chewing. By the way, I just realised that that's oh, uh, it's probably picking it up. Potentially uh, a, a uh, what's that fear? It's not a fear, is it? It's like the hatred of noises.
1: Is it um, misophone? Yes,
0: misophonia. Yeah, yes, and I have it, so I should know. <laughs> I, I know that if I heard you eating that down the uh, microphone, I'd probably have just sort of. Got close to being sick. At least, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I... no, it's not you. It's not you. It's me. Uh...
1: Uh, I'm slurping my tea, so I'm, I don't know whether I should move. To, no, move go ahead. That is, uh,
0: sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's quite nice for the podcast, being a tea podcast. It's all right. I've started editing another podcast for someone else, and uh, he had a guest on the other day who made loads of uh, noises when he was talking, <laughs> <laughs> and like editing it back i'm sitting there going oh, uh, uh. oh no it's <laughs> <That's> awful <laughs> speaking of tea what what are you drinking
1: uh we uh, we've just moved house but we l- used to live very close to um a tea shop called McIver's. Nice, and um they i think they're quite well known in melbourne they have a they have a main store uh, in the victoria market and then they have another shop which is where we lived and this is called Snake in the grass. Oh, yeah! Has spearmint, peppermint, licorice root, star anise, and red peppercorns of various origins.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: It's a very nice um, sort of minty tea. That's yeah. The, the bag there, yeah. It's they do lots of different blends and sort of normal teas as well.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I've because um, I, I get sent a few teas from sort of different companies and uh, i've just been sent some from a uh, i'm gonna plug them because they're because they've been very kind the company is called good and proper tea company and uh, they've got a really cool story from like they started off as a woman who sort of made her own blends and sold tea from a little van that she sort of like like did up yeah yeah sending it like at sort of festivals and stuff like that little tea van and uh it's turned into like turned into like a pop-up shop and then they've got a sort of a proper shop and then a full sort of premises. And yeah, it's cool. And they've sent me loads of stuff. So thank thanks to the Good and Proper Tea Company. Nice one. Yeah.
1: I had to I had to pay for that.
0: Yeah. Sucker. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost the only reason I started this podcast was to get free tea. What I was going to make one now, but... Uh, while I was sort of getting ready, I, I was showering. just For the listeners, I was showering. Oh, I should. Why am I saying that like that? I was, I was showering. Uh, just, yeah, just before we recorded this, I was I was having a shower, so I was drying my hair, and my wife made me a tea. So uh, I've not got a good and proper tea one, but I have got a Smuggler's Brew, which is a West Country tea. You can only get it in Cornwall.
1: Ah, yeah, okay. It's what like the I I always imagined the the pirates sort of um, drinking rum.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's actually rum. It's not it's not tea at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mojito. It's what it is. <laughs>
1: one of my least favourite cocktails, a mojito. Is it?
0: Yeah, I don't mind it's it.
1: Just a real, it's a real bastard to make.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work for a, a drink that lasts the same length of time as a lot of other drinks. Whereas I quite like I a, a vodka lime and soda, and that's very easy to make. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you'd I'd, I'd go vodka, lemon soda any day over a mojito. When you're having to gently stimulate the mint leaves, <laughs> yeah. you think, fuck this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I worked in a cocktail bar for a while, so I sort of learnt to make them quite quickly, but nevertheless, it's... Oh, okay. But then, like, in, in the cocktail bar, I've got, like, a, a proper ice crusher and, like, proper tools and stuff, whereas at home, i sort of. Uh, oh, that- I've got a hammer out on the ice, <laughs> smash it up. <laughs> yeah. It's not the same.
1: That's the other. Yeah, that's the other time-consuming thing, isn't it? It needs to be crushed ice yeah. or heat heater.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone made me one once with sort of full-on ice cubes, and I was like, mm, thanks. Like, oh, it's horrible! <laughs> Doesn't work. I said, oh, did you put uh, did you put sugar syrup in it or anything like that? And they're, and they're like, oh no, I just put granulated sugar in there. So that's that's oh, not the same. Fuck.
1: You've got this like sweet grit at the bottom of the glass. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it doesn't mix in. Yeah.
1: So when you um if you used to work in a cocktail bar then what's your what's your go-to cocktail?
0: To drink? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It used to be a Long Island Iced Tea.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Uh
0: which I really really enjoy. But I'm not sure if that's what I'd still go for. Like I got I, I really enjoyed um passion fruit martinis. Quite tasty, right? Yeah, it got it got really poncy. <laughs> Uh But there was a version that we made with a, a naga chili vodka that was uh, whoa, yeah, it had a hell of a kick to it. It was lovely.
1: I went out for a curry once with my brother, and he ordered a naga um, chili curry. Yeah, and then the guy sort of took our orders, and uh, he was sort of leaving the table, and I said to my brother. I think that the Naga chili is like a really hot one. I th- you you might want to like double check. Yeah. And so he called the waiter back and he said, Oh, is that curry I've ordered really hot? And the waiter just openly laughed in his face and <laughs> just walked off. <laughs> and then I we started go- I I was saying, Oh, there's always like the hottest chili always changes. Yes. Yeah. And um, there's always these men that try and eat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's an absolutely great Wikipedia page which has like a list of like hottest chilies and people that have tried to eat them. And there's one guy that like starts hallucinating because <laughs> it's that
0: hot. Jesus, yeah, that's it's such a weird thing between men of saying, <laughs> "Oh, I can I can eat a hotter thing than I news." Okay, I don't really care, like. <laughs> People sort of you know, I'll go out for a curry and people will be like, oh, you're not getting a vindaloo? Just like, no, I really want to enjoy my meal rather than sort of worrying about if I'm going to shit myself.
1: <laughs> I went I went for a curry once with um, Rod Gilbert in Edinburgh. It's sort of at the top of the Royal Mile. There was like a bunch of us there. Yeah. And it was a good place, but the guy, I think he he recognized Rod and then he was like always at the table and he was always like making jokes. And it was like a bit too, you know, like a wait, wait and stuff like too attentive. Yeah. And it becomes like a bit of a sort of, it's like sort of ruins the night because the guy was always there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And he, he kept saying, when we were like ordering our food and stuff, he kept saying, Oh, you've got to, you've got to eat this like hot curry that we've got in the restaurant. And, if you eat it, then everyone eats for free and stuff. And nobody really wanted to do it. And I was like, nah, mate, look, we just we just want to have a nice meal and like we're not interested in this sort of competitive eating competition you're trying to push yeah. on us. And then he said, Oh, I've got a photograph of the last guy that um tried to do it. And I and then he went and pulled this framed photograph off the wall, and it was a guy. Outside the restaurant, being carried into an ambulance by two <laughs> paramedics. <laughs> he thought oh, it was man. brilliant. I was like, What? I was like, what? What? Is How an do you think I'm going to try this now?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, a friend of mine owns a, a restaurant, sort of, it's uh, only down the road from me, but it's the only vegan barbecue restaurant in the country. Oh, okay. And like the food he makes is great, it's really, really nice. But he created a like a chili challenge, uh, or like a hot wing challenge, is what it was, where he w- wanted to make the like a well, he, he wanted to make the hottest in the country. And he, he said he can't actually measure it, so he's not certain, but he's pretty sure. But it's not a challenge. A friend of mine tried to do it and, um, was quite unwell, <laughs> like he was, uh, <laughs> It was raining outside, so he just sort of went and stood outside to cool down and like, th- <laughs> threw up in an alleyway. Was...
1: I thought you meant he just sort of stood outside and sort of opened his mouth.
0: Opened the, <laughs> he did for a moment, would. but then he looked like he was going to pass out and just disappeared and his wife had to go and find him. And like the toilet was out the back of the restaurant, so he had to walk all the way around. And I went around there and it's just sort of like he had his head in a puddle. So was <laughs> like, are you all right then? Like, no,
1: no that, that doesn't sound like fun.
0: No, it's not an enjoyable evening, is it? I just quite like a mild curry.
1: I was in Thailand once, and they we were in a restaurant, and they brought out food for a table, and there was so many chilies in it that I had to leave the restaurant. (laughs) Like the it was like sizzling, and they they brought out these like plates of food, and all of a sudden, like my eyes just all went red. Yeah, I was like. Tears running down my face. I got really hot. You know when you get like if you eat a hot chili and you get like a sort yeah. of heat on the top of your scalp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously they they thought they were locals. They thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen because the, <laughs> the food had come come absolutely nowhere near me. It was just yeah. in my vicinity.
0: That's funny. Oh, <laughs> I was in a I think it's a Thai restaurant in London once with um with a few friends and. I don't think it was the presence of Mackenzie Crook, but Mackenzie Crook was there. Uh, not with us, but he was on another table. And uh, like it, was, it was quite exciting. And a friend of mine had a little chilli that he took out of his, like, whatever the meal was. He had some kind of noodle dish. He had the same as me, but he had, like, a little chilli in it. And he said, oh, yeah. oh, I tried one of those a minute ago, and it was disgusting. And I was like, I'll finish mine now. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've had one of those. I'll just eat, at, as you do. At the time, I was still trying to impress people, trying to eat hot. Chilies and stuff, and
1: um, to impress Mackenzie who was on a different table. <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, just in case he turned round was like
0: Yeah, yeah, just in case he sort of said, "Ooh, who's that guy? Let's be friendly." <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm writing a show. Do you want to be in it? Oh yeah.
1: Who's Who's this steelmouthed devil?
0: <laughs> and he instead, he must have thought, "Who's that sweaty man on the table over there?" <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a good choice in the end. My. It it didn't ruin the meal. I was okay, but I it did feel like my mouth was on fire, and uh, like my sort of m- my nose was running, but the other way. Uh, oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah Some, it's horrendous. your
1: sinuses have just been put in reverse.
0: <laughs> yeah, just completely imploding. Yes, not a not a good choice. So what were you what were you doing during the first lockdown? Were you like sort of doing just writing, or were you doing online gigs? We um,
1: we had a couple of lockdowns here, and I think the first one wasn't as severe as our second one. The second one here was a few months, and there ended up being some kind of curfew as well, where you weren't allowed out of the house past eight o'clock. Oh man! Um, But the first one i was do there's i was doing a tv show in australia and you could do it from home but they basically sent you like a miniature studio that you had to build in I've... your own living room right um so i had a camera rig set up and a backdrop and i had to do my own hair and makeup uh, which obviously was a, a disaster <laughs> You wearing um,
0: lipstick and stuff, put the wrong makeup on. <laughs> yeah,
1: I had the contours. A bit <laughs> um, but then I think they they kind of realized we we could go into the studio, um, as long as we were sort of isolated. So rather than all being right. in the same room together, we were sort of all in separate rooms. And then we, it was weird, you were kind of on a TV show with people, but you never actually physically met them. Oh, okay. Um you were all in the same building. Yeah, we it was it was kind of difficult for me and, and my, my girlfriend because we were living in in a one bedroom flat. Yeah. Uh with no kind of outside space. And so it was sort of intense, but I'm one of these comedians that very much enjoys time off. <laughs> and so um, during lockdowns, um I used to, um, I just, I was listening to loads of music, just buying music online, or I think, first of all, some of the shops were still open before it went serious.
0: Yeah.
1: And I really got into cooking, um, making curries, and just, there wasn't really anything to do.
0: Super hot ones.
1: No, I I quite like hot food. Um, To impress Mackenzie Cook. she doesn't so much. So, um, no, I. You know when the recipe where it says you use one to four chilies. Yeah, yeah. I would always just use one because I was like, ah, oh, you know, if it was me, I might use two or three, but like I, I would use the minimum allowed. Yeah, yeah. So it, when she complained and said, "Oh, this curry's too hot," I'd say, "Well, <laughs> I'm just following the <laughs> recipe. <Yeah. laughs> I'm only following orders." Yeah, there was nothing to do apart from walk and um kind of eat. So we I I kind of combined those by going for long walks to supermarkets and stuff, buying food, coming back and just trying to make it. Yeah. I lost I, I lost a lot of weight during lockdown because um I was walking and cycling everywhere yeah. and um I think cuz I was eating healthily because everything was making all my own food. And I read somewhere the reason why like restaurant food tastes so good often is because of the amount of butter and the amount of yeah salt and the amount of stuff they put in it that you would never you would never add that amount in your own house yeah 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 and I guess because they make stuff in bulk as well yeah you just kind of make yeah. I was just kind of making individual food so yeah I, had, I I after lockdown um I was doing a show kind of outside of town and I was walking on the street. And there were two pensioners kind of walking towards me, and the woman came up to me and she said, "Oh, how's it going?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm good." And she said, "You're nowhere near as fat as you used to be," <laughs> which is is a is a sort of um, I guess it's a more passive aggressive way of saying you've lost weight. Yeah.
0: That what's cruel about that is that you've lost weight, but you're still fat is what she was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really cruel. Uh, if it helps, I at no point ever thought you were fat from what I've seen on TV. So.
1: I think I'd poked up a bit. And I think also, you know, before lockdown, going out and, you know, you have a few beers or whatever, the calories in that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely. Um,
1: obviously, during lockdown, the sort of um, all-encompassing depression led me to drink whiskey, which has far fewer calories.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's good for you. A bit bit of depression. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The pounds just f- fell off.
0: <laughs> I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean well, you've gone the opposite way to a lot of people. I am like I still I still don't weigh much, but I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I'm still sub eleven stone, which is okay. That's I can deal with that.
1: No, yeah, I think you're fine.
0: Yeah, but uh, I'm five foot one, so no, I'm not. The uh... Danny <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just little and round. No, I'm five foot eight, so it's fine. It's good. To, uh, it's it's not bad. I've got some tea emergency questions.
1: Oh, cool.
0: But the yeah, what's your what would be your go to tea?
1: I never used to drink any hot drinks at all. Really? And yeah. I started drinking coffee when I was in university, I think. And I never drank tea. Like all of my family drink tea, you know, with milk and sugar and yeah. I, I don't know. It just never appealed to me. And then I went I went on holiday to Sri Lanka once and we went to a tea plantation and you know when they get you to try the teas and stuff yeah and um i was like this is great (laughs) it's sort of like i guess growing up and people are just sort of like drinking like pg tips or whatever and sort of drowning it with milk and
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: i don't know so now i very much like a apple tea
0: oh okay nice Twining sent me a digest tea, which is like apple and spearmint and rhubarb, and it's uh, it's very nice.
1: I got into apple tea because I was doing a. I mean, I've had it before. You, You often get it in like Middle Eastern cafes and restaurants and stuff, right? But I was doing, I was doing a gig somewhere in Australia, and you know, you get like free tea sometimes in the hotel room, yeah, and it. It sort of varies in quality depending on where you are. I had one of these teas in the hotel room, and I was like, this is fucking great. And I um, researched the company and then bought the tea from them. Oh, It's nice. called um, Taprobin Teas. I think it's another uh, Melbourne place. I bought the apple one, and they also do a mango one, but I haven't had that yet. Oh, okay. It's very good.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, so do you ever have like a, a sort of a breakfast tea?
1: No, I I um I wake up in the morning and I need coffee yeah. injected into my system as quickly as I can. So yeah, I ha- we have like um, a French press and um, get sort of various like local grown coffees. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't. I'll have tea. I mean, this this is something which. Um, Probably isn't helping with my weight loss, but we had a lot of afternoon tea and cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lockdown.
0: yeah. Yeah, just what happens. It's uh, it's an easy thing to get into. So you're so you wouldn't um, you wouldn't be a, a biscuit dunker.
1: No, no, I don't. I'm very new to the world of hot drinks. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I have the. Um, I, I don't know if I, I have the necessary skills. I don't think I've ever dunked a biscuit in a hot drink.
0: You know, oh, you are missing. Not, not even with a coffee, you get like a. What those, oh, sometimes little...
1: you get like a little biscotti or something. With yeah, coffee, that's the word. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't. I don't really see. You see Italians drinking coffee and they they don't strike me as dunkers. I think you've got to yeah, that's you've got sort of sensually nibble on it at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm just sort of straight in. I don't like coffee anyway. So I, I've, I've never had that, that joy but I I will I will dunk a biscuit in the tea occasionally not always cuz the thing is I I like it but it just changes the flavor of the tea and I don't always want that
1: <laughs> you what you really need say si, is a partitioned mug
0: yeah with
1: a, with a, with a dunking side on it on a slurping side
0: that's a great idea it's genuinely uh, I got I got to look into that right <laughs> nice Right uh, now, I've got to ask because this came up in the uh, the last episode that I did. Because I I did a gig once and like my name is uh, Sire Deves and I was once introduced to stage as C D Others, <laughs> <laughs> which is all kinds of wrong. What is have you? Because obviously your name is fairly straightforward, but also you've got the double L of a of a Welshman. Have you ever had anyone mispronounce your name?
1: It's usually um, spelt wrongly. So it's right. usually uh, It's, I mean, I spell it L-L-O-Y-D, but um, it can be often mis- misspelled as L-L-Y-O-D. Um, oh, okay. I went for, a, you know when you go for a tea or a coffee and they ask for your um, name? Yeah. And then they write it on the cup. I think the worst that I've had is L- Lollyob.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs>
1: Just, I, I I think being in Australia, this accent isn't very common. Yeah, and especially as well during lockdown with a mask on. Yeah, um, it makes it even diff- more difficult. So yeah, I was like Lloyd. They were like what, and then I was like Lloyd, and then they wrote I think Lollyob. I'm trying to find the exact spelling because I took a photo of it for my oh amazing Instagram, but I can't remember where it is. I'll, find, I'll try and find it, sorry.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I was
1: just you know, a bit um, tedious for you now while I'm just scrolling through
0: photos. No, it's fine. I like it. <laughs> I like seeing the top part of your head. That's been a that's, uh, new.
1: <laughs> oh, here we go. Lollib.
0: <laughs> Lollib. L-O-L-Y-B for the listeners, that is. that. Is, I mean, you need to see that to believe it because it's written confidently <laughs> as well. Like if yeah. I was if I was struggling to spell someone's name, I'd probably sort of turn it into a squiggle somewhere in the middle. That is uh it's yeah, I've with got this Yeah. Amazing. It's not accuracy. To be fair, if I was a barista, I think my I would make a sort of a, a habit out of trying to spell people's names as incorrectly as possible. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, you've never had any sort of like disasters being introduced to stage.
1: No, I think you get um you get I get like you know, usually being Welsh you get like stuff from the crowd. Right. You know, sh- sheep noises and Yeah, or, yeah. or maybe maybe from the, the the other comics or the promoter backstage, <laughs> depending yeah. on where you are. But um no it's it I I remember how James A. Castle told me the first time he gigged with Paul Chowdhury, I think. Chowdhury introduced him on stage as my main man, James Alabaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Oh, nice.
1: I did once, when I when I was in uh, university, I was comparing a lot of the students' uh, comedy nights. and right. I, you know, I, was, I wasn't a professional comedian by any stretch. I was a student and I was writing new jokes every week or two weeks, I think it was, for the comedy gig, hosting... Avalon or Off the Curb would send comedians and normally one of them would have to MC who didn't want to MC. So when I was there and I was like, I'll MC, you can all just do a set. Usually they were like really happy with it. And one time I was bringing on Simon Evans. Uh, He was headlining the gig and I gave him this massive introduction and forgot his name. (laughs) So I sort of built the crowd up to this kind of crescendo. Yeah. And then had to sort of awkwardly say, I can't remember his name. And get <laughs> someone at the front handed me a flyer. Oh, no. For the show. <laughs> and then I had to read it out. And he came on and just dealt with it so well and was like, he was like, oh, I think he made some joke where he was like, it's like when you're like really really excited to be like have it as a man to to have sex with someone and then it's over far yeah. quicker than you imagined it would be <laughs> um and he did; he was good like after the show I was like i was so sorry yeah. I was like i'm re-, and he was like oh, that's absolutely fine. I was in Auckland once doing the classic there, which is a great comedy club, and uh, a friend of mine Paul Douglas was comparing and he did the same thing where he. Forgot the act's name, yeah. But rather than admit it like I did, he just sort of shouted out a sort of um sort of constantless version of what he <laughs> thought the name would be. So he was like, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the stage, <laughs> and and it it completely worked because like yeah. the crowd were clapping and cheering anyway, and yeah. I don't. I don't know if the. I don't even think the call like pulled him up on it. Amazing. He got away with it.
0: Yeah, I was saying in the uh, in the last episode actually that that is my my go to sort of thing if I forget the person, like, especially if it's like an open mic night that you're emceeing, and uh, and there's sort of like twenty people on, and uh, just forget someone's name, so you just go get everyone clapping as loud as you possibly can. So they can't hear you anyway. And then, like you're pulling the microphone away from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They think you're excited and it just seems it just seems like you got overexcited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you forgot how to formulate words. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. eager to see them.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I have I've had it on I think one occasion where I used to introduce my guests for this podcast during the, the podcast and I sort of gave up on that cuz I realized I was doing the introduction twice cuz I do an intro as well. But I I went to say the person's name and just forgot. I was like I was talking to him. I had it written down and I was like uh, welcome everybody to uh, uh. I've
1: I've got a very bad memory. I once introduced a girlfriend to someone and forgot her name. Oh no. I think as well if you're emceeing, like it's it's fine if you're MCing other comedians you know and you've worked with before. It's like three or four people or whatever and you can yeah. you know it's it's easy. The the tough thing is if you're doing if you're like emceeing like a new act night or you know a competition or something, and then there's ten or eleven people on, none of whom you've met before, yeah, none of whom have names you recognise, so I, I I I just have to write them on on the back of my hand.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I find a good technique, and this is one to take away, is uh, make sure if you're if you can that you're with someone you know. Like so, if you're introducing your wife to someone and there's someone whose name you've forgotten, just say to the person whose name you've forgotten, oh, have you met my wife? And then they'll do the introduction. <laughs> Smooth. And if they don't, they seem rude. And you're like, yeah, well, that's what they're like, isn't it? It's just a bastard. Let's not talk to them anymore. We don't like them. <laughs> right, cool. That was, a, that was a good question. I've only just written that one down. So the first first time I've asked it is a team urgency question. I like it. Uh, led to some interesting... Now, they're not all about uh, comedy and tea, I should say that. That's uh, fine. Because I, um, I I had a dream recently that caused me to wake up in the middle of the night and I, I Googled, uh, as a result of the um, things that happened in the dream, I had to Google, what is the coldest that Julie Walters has ever been? Uh <laughs> Which is a weird thing to, because I woke up like the next morning, I've forgotten that I'd done it and I just found it in my search history. (laughs) I was like, what? Oh yeah, that's weird. What's the weirdest question you've ever asked as the result of a dream that could also be like, what's the the most that your mind has been changed?
1: I was on, um, I was gigging in uh, New Zealand again. I was in Auckland and I had a, you know, often you have dreams and, you know you're one you're somewhere and then you're somewhere else and someone's you know your mum's there but then it's not your mum it's
0: yes yeah yeah
1: someone else that like they're difficult to keep track of but i had a very normal dream uh when i was in auckland and the dream was that my um ex-girlfriend's father had sent me an email telling me that he had lost weight <laughs> That that was the, the entirety of the dream. And it was so l- realistic and lifelike that I woke up the next day and I <laughs> opened up my emails looking for the email from him. <laughs> and I couldn't find the email anywhere. And I, I was sort of confused. And I sort of realised I'd had an incredibly dull dream. <laughs> but I... I texted her, or we were texting about something, and I said, yeah. oh, I just had the weirdest dream, about specifically about your father contacting me to tell me that he'd, he's lost a lot of weight. And she messaged me back and she said, "Oh, he has recently <laughs> lost a lot of weight. <laughs> so I, I don't know how that happened. I mean, it, yeah. it's a mad coincidence.
0: That's incredible. That
1: she was like, yeah, he's just started doing some new exercising or something and he's and he's really shed the pounds. And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, lo- some people get like visions of winning lottery numbers <laughs> and I just know that my ex's dad isn't as porky as he used to be.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's really funny. Oh, that is, uh, yeah, that 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 is dull, but amazing. What an incredible, I love stuff like that. <laughs> that's so good. Why, why do our minds do things like that? Just like, oh yeah, so-and-so's uh, got a new set of keys. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Right. I think I'll ask, I'll ask one more. So leading on from a, another co- conversation that I once had on this, there was someone who was talking about uh, a TV show where they were watching, watching a woman dance with a dog. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like it just sort of happens, like people dance with dogs for some reason. That's, that's now a talent. Uh, apparently it's not. Uh, if you had to dance with any animal, what would it be?
1: Oh, um that is a question I've never been asked before. Yeah. I'll, and I like it.
0: <laughs> You're welcome to take that to other conversations if you want.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um I think I would dance with a um a python. Okay. Because um I have very um little natural rhythm. Yeah. And I think trying to sort of um choreograph myself with a goat or or something else would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Because I think if I had the Python sort of seductively um wrapped around myself, then whatever I was doing, the Python would have to sort of go with it.
0: Yeah. And I guess Get the synergy. Python
1: would, would slight would be moving a little bit as well. I'm I'm thinking of um the scene with Salma Hayek in yeah. from, dusk from Dust Till Dawn. Till dawn. Yeah. But obviously, a hundred times more powerfully erotic.
0: <laughs> obviously, yeah. That is, uh, I mean, that, that much was clear. You didn't have to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> and you
1: know, like, there are certain very sensual dances where you have to be very close to your partner. And I cannot imagine yeah. uh, an, uh, being closer to an animal than. Uh, an animal that is slowly trying to kill me by suffocation.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, would that would that lead to some kind of ultra erotic as- asphyxiation? No, that's when you do it yourself. I think <laughs> that's
1: if I do it myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Just, just I erotic guess, you know, if, I've, if I've got a python around my neck and I'm not taking it off, then I've really only got myself to blame. <laughs> but I, yeah. I would hope it would be sort of, you know. Coiled around my body, rather yeah. than like, I think just around the throat, you're 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 in trouble. I'm not going to yeah. be dancing for long.
0: Yeah, you're asking for asking for trouble there. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, take it for a lovely uh, sensual tango. Good. Did, uh, what what uh,
1: was your choice?
0: Uh, oh, I don't know. No, no one's asked me that. Uh, have <laughs> I, I think uh, possibly a sloth. A sloth. Yeah, they're just sort of they grip on like there's no chance of dropping them. Yeah, you're going to have to lead. It'd it'd just be like a nice cuddle, I think would be. It's like a slow dance, isn't it? Just have a nice cuddle with a sloth. I think that'd be lovely. Yeah,
1: we've both we've both chosen animals that we are having to do the dancing with.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. Both with. I mean, I yeah, I'm a drummer, but I don't have uh, I don't have the greatest rhythm when it comes to dancing. So. uh, in fact, I've got no rhythm at all when it comes to dancing. I, I, I'm a good drummer. I stay in time very well, but dancing, not so much. I look like I'm in pain. So, <laughs> yeah. And
1: I can only imagine a sloth would not help with that look.
0: No, no. Well, the thing is, they've got, yeah, they've got a big claws, so they can hold on. But also, their big claws, I imagine, would hurt. Yeah. Sort of digging them into your back. Again, slightly sexy, I think. So... <laughs>
1: a bit of a sort of S and M vibe when you, yeah. you you meet someone the next day and you're covered in scratches and they're like, What did you get up to last night? And you say, Oh Yeah. I, I, I slow dance with a sloth.
0: Yeah. Uh, that that sounds like a sex move, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. What's your favourite sex? Uh oh, oh, slow dance with a sloth. Mmm. Yeah. Uh <laughs> oh, next you should try a, a quick step with a, a emu. <laughs> I don't
1: know. You wanna you wanna have a quick step with a emu? I think they um,
0: they got they, a very quick step.
1: They're vicious, aren't they?
0: They are vicious. Yeah. Is it those that have got like poisonous toes? So if they kill you, they'll, you'd die.
1: If if they kill you, you die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they kill you. if they kick you, sorry.
0: <laughs> if they kick you, you die. If they kill you, you're definitely dead. That is.
1: I think I don't know if it was emus or ostriches, but um, when he was that. at the sort of bottom. Uh, rung of his career, Johnny Cash, uh, the famous country and western singer, yeah. d- started farming ostriches, <laughs> and one of them kicked him in the stomach and partially disemboweled him. Oh, Jesus! And I think then he went back. I think he went back to the, the country music after that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a uh, yeah. That's not a backward step, is it? That's very much a <laughs> get back on track kind of step. That, yeah. Amazing. Good knowledge. Right, there, there is a second part to that question. Uh, if you did have to do an activity with a dog, what would it be? A dog? Yeah. Like, for instance, mine is golf. I think I'd like to play golf with a dog.
1: I I very much enjoy um, seeing dogs swim. Yeah. They love it. They um, do, yeah. And so maybe some kind of um, relay race. <laughs>
0: okay. Nice, no, but between so I, dogs or between you and
1: the dog. No, like me and the dog would be on the team. It would be like, mix, you know, you get like mixed relays, but yeah, this yeah. would be mixed species.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: So I, I, I would do a length and then tap the dog or the, or the when I come back and then he would or she would jump in. And I'd probably need like a train or something the other end of the pool, you know, with a a toy to kind of coax the dog to swim. But.
0: Yeah, a dog whistle. That's probably
1: a, a dog whistle. Yeah, would be yeah, w- 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 would be perfect.
0: Now, I would say that you'd never see a dog happier than when they're swimming. Uh, possibly with the exception of with a dog with its head out the window of a car. <laughs> yeah, is there a way of combining those two? <laughs> like a pool in a car where it can have its head out the window but also swim. That would that'd be uh, maybe pure a dog ecstasy and a pedal yeah <laughs> there it is yeah shaped like a swan <laughs> yeah I think that'd be, uh, well, I think that'd be incredible when sight. I,
1: I went to visit my friend in buenos Aires we went on holiday to Argentina and we visited a place called Tigre which is all all these little islands in a kind of river delta and um I think there used to be tigers there but there aren't anymore that's why it's called tigre and you you would hire like a little kind of cabin or a little house on your own kind of separate island. Yeah. And then there would be like a like a um, a boat that would come by every day and you could buy food and you could buy Amazing. meat. You could buy yeah. beer and drinks and stuff. And we were just on holiday and kind of barbecuing and having the time of our lives. But one of the things with the island was there was a dog on the island that we had to look after amazing um called severo who is absolutely insane <laughs> and he we we had like fishing rods and we had kayaks as well like if you wanted to go you you could you could take the boat um yeah. and and go and kayak to a, a different shop or something if you missed the um you know the the boat grocer come yeah. past and We took out the kayak and Severo, who's insane, just chased after us and swam (laughs) behind us for so long. And then we had to try and lift him up into the kayak. We went to the shop. He jumps out of the kayak and then just basically goes and sniffs loads of other dog's butts. And then we buy the food and then he jumps back in the kayak and then we took him back home.
0: That sounds great.
1: It's the best, genuinely the best dog I've ever met. Yeah. He had a real uh, joie de vivre. <laughs> for for, for was essentially like a, an orphan dog living on an island that relied on the kindness of strangers that were hiring the cabin on his island.
0: Yeah, that sounds lovely. Like, did the did the dog belong to the owners I of think,
1: the? I think the dog belonged to the owners of the cabin, and there were, I mean, there were nearby islands. I guess he could swim to if like. No one was hiring the car in, and he yeah. and he and I'm sure someone would have fed him.
0: Yeah, that's great. But oh, it was wow. just
1: like we were taking a kayak out for, to go to the shop, and he was just like jump in the water and just be yeah like manically paddling <laughs> behind us until we. I was like, he's he, you know, he could have a heart attack, and then was like, we're gonna have to try and get him in a kayak because he would have <laughs> just burnt himself out.
0: Yeah, just sunk. You don't want that. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah. oh dear I was gonna say there's a very sombre way of ending the podcast with dogs sinking
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it's not a great like um, Airbnb review is it it's like oh yeah they looked after our place okay but they did drown our dog
0: <laughs> yeah but Two stars. Uh, up, up until that point he was having a great time <laughs> if only his pedalo hadn't previously been stolen <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool, right? We probably should uh, wrap up. I mean, th- thanks very much for coming on, then. It's been really lovely chatting.
1: Thanks for having me, and I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry about Thursday.
0: No, that's okay. Yeah, you got to uh, look after your health. Is the most important thing. I, I mean, yep. if like if your girlfriend had died as a result of you coming on my <laughs> podcast, I would have felt awful.
1: Yeah, I would have felt really bad.
0: I would have lost sleep for at least a couple of days. <laughs> uh, no, so no, I'm glad she's good. I'm glad she's all right. And I'm glad you're well, also. So, are you planning to come back to England at some point?
1: Yeah, I'm. Tr- I mean, we're hoping to come back. Um, my family was supposed to come over here at some point, and at the moment, I'm still awaiting like a partnership visa, which will make it easier for me to leave Australia and come right. back again. But yeah, she can't come back, so if it's too risky for me to come home at the moment, because I don't know when I'll be able to get back here.
0: Yeah. So, how long have you been there? I I asked you that already, I think, but I can't remember. Uh,
1: Feb, no, yeah, February twenty twenty. So
0: right, um, so uh, coming up you- to
1: like a year and a half, I guess.
0: Christ, yeah. I mean, do you uh, do you do you plan to sort of stay there in the future? Or
1: I like to spend time between the two places, but I mean, I can. There's work. I mean, there's there's le- probably less gigs here ordinarily yeah. than in the UK. But I can work here. I can perform, and and also like write and work that I, I normally do in the UK. I can do from here. Yeah. Um, and there has been less gigs here normally, but I think over the past twelve months, like I, I just did the, the, the comedy festival, and this year I've been to, like I did Sydney Opera House in oh, February, amazing. which is kind of mad to think like gigs and stuff were happening. Yeah. Sort of normal. But I mean there is like like at the moment now we're in a, a seven day lockdown. I think that's gonna be the normality for a while, just snap lockdowns and yeah stuff. But
0: Yeah. yeah. Well hopefully it doesn't like what's the uh, what's the vaccination scenario like over there?
1: Oh well people are have, people have refusing to get vaccinated. Yeah you know, because because we haven't had as widespread uh you know, COVID hasn't been as as um, disastrous. Yes. So, um, I think it's a third of people here saying they aren't going to get vaccinated. But really? I think a few more of these lockdowns, and I think people might start um, seeing sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. At
1: the moment, at the moment, I think in Australia, in general, they're only vaccinating like people over fifty and above.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. We're,
1: we're way behind the the UK vaccination rate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm 35 and I've had my first jab, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, if I was in the UK, I would, I would have it. So I'm, yeah, I'm when I'm available, when it's available for me to have here, I, w- I will have it.
0: Yeah. The, my wife showed me a post this morning from, it was someone, had someone she follows on Instagram had uh, copied and pasted like a thing that they'd seen from an Australian business, uh, an Australian masseuse. Saying that, uh, <laughs> saying that they refuse to massage anyone who's had the vaccination in case, like, they leech the vaccination off of them and get whatever <laughs> the vaccine. What? How fucking stupid! Is- I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I think the resulting post were saying, like, I I wouldn't want to be massaged by anyone that stupid anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that's insane.
1: It's normally, uh, it's normally the hairdressers. Yeah, they're they're normally the ones that are um, really putting their foot down with um, those kind of proclamations.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a bold statement for sure. <laughs> yeah, incredible, cool. Well, have you uh, have you got anything you want to plug? Nothing, nothing. Good. What's your uh, what's what are your social details? Where can people follow you?
1: I am on Instagram. I think that's about it. It's Lloyd Langford One.
0: Cool. You you um, were the first one to get
1: there. I I am very um, uncomfortable with social media, and right. uh, I've never had any real social media. When I came to Australia, I had to get Facebook um, to to book gigs in because a lot of gigs uh, yeah. here were booked over Facebook. Right. And then um, and my girlfriend made me get instagram yeah so i'm 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 sort of I, I don't mind it i'm i'm kind of reluctantly on there it's kind of fine yeah um
0: it's the better platform i think anyway instagram it's
1: nice yeah and you can kind of i i i sporadically put stuff on there but it's not like it's not something i feel like i have to do every day you know?
0: yeah yeah yeah, that's um, it. I, I sometimes get that. Uh, like, I, I sort of get jealous of other people because they're posting all the all, all the time, and I think, oh, I, I need to start doing that. And then I'm quite busy; I don't really have time for it. So,
1: I don't know if you. I don't know if you can see there's like a. I mean, I, it could be, well be a dangerous creature.
0: There is. It looks kind of like a weird ladybird.
1: Yeah, it's like a black and yellow ladybird on the microphone. So. Let's, I'll, right, I'll, I'll Google and check immediately. with Anne what that is.
0: Black and yellow. That's not what that looks like. Maybe sort of. Uh, it says you've got three hours to live. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know what that bug is. That it, it, look, it looks like a ladybird, but I'm not sure it is because the ladybirds have got slightly different markings, apparently.
1: Oh, I think it's a fungus-eating ladybird.
0: Yeah, that is, that's what I've seen there, actually. So, yeah, it could be that. My wife just told me to text my, my friend, James Cranfield, who, I, uh, who I've had on a podcast. He's a taxidermist and uh, he likes insects. What's the what's the name for that?
1: Uh, uh, entomologist.
0: Entomologist, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he loves well, it. Well,
1: this animal would be very, very easy to stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would not take long. Yeah. Sorry, he's not a taxidermist. He's a taxidermy dealer. I should. Uh, ah, it does. Okay. It does do some taxidermy. Um, it does set insects. That's what they call it. Set setting them. Ah. So yeah, yeah, good. I mean, if you want to take a photo and uh, <laughs> and I'll I'll text it to my friend and say what's this.
1: I'll will t- take your photo in a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not important. Um, yeah, I suppose I just I just uh just thought to myself I suppose uh, Australia probably is the best place to be if you want to have a central dance with a snake. There are, <laughs> there's plenty around.
1: Yeah, the, the snakes here—they're not. You don't really want to dance with them. I think there's twenty-one of, twenty-five of you know, the most poisonous snakes in the world. Twenty-one of them are in Australia. Bloody yeah. hell!
0: So, Do you see many?
1: Uh, I've seen them. I've seen a few. Went to like a national park and saw some like in a, a big pile of them just off oh. a trail. And um, it's pretty scary. Yeah. There are, si- you know, there are signs here. You know, like we went for a walk yesterday and there's signs like, beware of snakes. I really yeah. like yeah. snakes. Uh, and so I'm probably the wrong person for this country because I'll, like Try when I was a kid, I went to the zoo and I wanted to hold the snakes and stuff. And yeah, that would very quickly get me killed <laughs> yeah.
0: yes yeah yeah not recommended yeah the snakes are quite nice i used to because uh, my mum hates them she's, uh, my mum's terrified of snakes and i don't think she's ever encountered one so i'm not sure why she's scared of them but uh there you go but i my a couple of my friends had some and uh one of them got me to hold one once and it is lovely
1: yes people people think it's going to be all wet and slimy but it's yeah. sort of warm not. smooth
0: yeah, but I just—it's like it's being able to feel like every muscle move as they like, sort yeah. of move around. It's incredible. It's uh, it's very sensual. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I think that is a, a lovely place to end. I need to go for a wee, so uh, which is where most of these podcasts end these days. Is I, I announce like, I need a wee, and that's uh, that's pretty much it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on, man. If you're no in. Yeah, when you're when you're back in this country, I'd love to uh, record another one in person. Uh, for sure. Yeah, that would be lovely. But okay. yeah, no, thanks thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate you uh, finding time to do it because thank you, say. Yeah, I've not mentioned it so far, but uh, well, not in sort of certain terms. Obviously, you currently live in Australia. We have no, we've talked about it. I don't know what I'm saying. I've not mentioned it. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll mention it in the intro. People, people will know. But you're nine hours ahead, aren't you?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm I'm gonna go and get some dinner now.
0: Yeah, what is it like half eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, go go and eat dinner for sure. I'm uh, I'm going for a wee, and then we're gonna eat lunch, not at the same time. <laughs> right, I think I've started getting weird, so it's important that we end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, been really, really lovely chatting, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you, Sai. Thanks, mate. See you later. Bye. Bye. So that was Lloyd Langford. He is brilliant value indeed. Very, very enjoyable guest. Lovely guy. Really nice to get to chat to him. We never did confirm what the bug was. So uh hopefully Lloyd's still with us. I did speak to him after, so I don't think I don't think the bug killed him, but we never will know. Probably probably the thing that he said it was. Dunno. So you can find Lloyd on Instagram. He is at LloydLangford1. That's the number one. And you can find him on Facebook at LloydLangfordComedy. Up a link to all of that in the podcast description as ever. Don't forget, if you're heading over to the social media stuff, get over to the podcast ones at TeaPartyPod on everything. That is the letter T, Party Pod. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, just say hello. TeaPartyPod at gmail.com. If you've got any answers to anything that we're talking about, same deal. If you enjoyed the podcast, and you want to show your support, but you don't know how head over to kofi.com forward slash sideeves and then send a little donation because all of that money the listeners are sending in goes back into the podcast and helps me buy new equipment and that sort of thing. I need to buy some new XLRs for instance, that'd be nice if someone wants to pay for those, they're not expensive. But you know, send us some coin if you're enjoying it, much as you'd pay for other entertainment. You don't have to, obviously. If you can't afford it, please just keep listening. I I appreciate the listens. I hope you enjoy it. Tell your friends, share the posts, that sort of thing. I appreciate it. It's real kind. I've already got another episode in the bag with Harris Takini. He was great, and I'm recording tomorrow, I'm bringing this out on on the Monday instead of the Sunday. It should have been Monday, but I've been very busy. I've had some gigs. I've had some real gigs. It's been lovely, but yeah. Recording tomorrow with Darren Harriet, which I'm very excited about. He is amazing, so yeah, very cool guest to get on. Though I've got several other cool guests lined up. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'll see you next time in like a, in a week, probably probably on Sunday. Hopefully on Sunday. That's when I try to release them. And to be honest, I don't think anyone's noticed what day they come out. Really, so they just get downloaded on the day that they release so thanks thanks for downloading them thanks thanks for enjoying them thanks for telling all your friends and subscribing and sending five star reviews on itunes and that sort of thing that's uh, that's real cool really appreciate it so until the next time be good to each other drink some tea i love you goodbye <laughs>